Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to Stories and Sound. I'm Francis. Here with Subtract. Hey. How's it going? Good, yeah. good. Yeah. Mean. Um, so let's just start out. Who are you guys? What is Subtract? Um, Subtract is uh, what you'd call uh, one of the, the longest-serving bands in the New Zealand <laughs> metal scene. Yeah. We've been going since about 98, 97, 98. Um, so yeah, we're on to, uh, we've just in the last couple of years put out our sixth album or EP or album. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've witnessed the, the, the rise and fall of the wave of, of metal popularity <laughs> for, you know, what yeah. is it? 15, 16 years yeah. now. Jeez. So yeah, it's been going a while. Approaching the third decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time as a band. Yeah. That's great. When, how, like sort of, how old were you guys when you sort of started? Um, we were all sort of early 20s, so, you know, 22, 23. Yeah. It all come from other other bands and musical backgrounds and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was at a time in the late 90s when the metal scene was at its lowest ebb. Yeah. And um, we kind of felt like we were, we weren't, but we felt like we were the only, you know, metal band Trying in New Zealand at, yeah. um, at the time. There was, a, there was a bit of a scene, but it was pretty non-existent. It kind of picked up you know from sort of 2000 onwards for a little bit but yeah. um yeah it was uh it was dire days for metal <laughs> in the early days i tell you yeah what made you want to actually get into a band knowing that the scene was kind of like that um the scene really had nothing to do with my personal decision to get in a band yeah. uh, i was always i always wanted to be in a band it didn't really you know yeah when you when you start out when you're young you have no concept of the scene if there is such a thing anyway yeah 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 but um, yeah, like like everyone, I guess when you start, you just have these you know dreams of rock stardom and all the rest of it. But you know, we'd all been playing in our bedrooms, you know, high school bands and all that kind of stuff. And um, I mean, the way Subtract started was kind of um, fortuitous anyway, because we all had contacts in the music industry. We'd worked yeah. in retail or for labels or whatever, and so was, we were kind of lucky in the sense that we we rehearsed up an album recorded the first EP and had a, an avenue to get it out like straight away and a label that was interested in putting it out and yeah. and at the time you know we've spoken to a lot of people since that um, that was the first time they'd ever heard of metal band from New Zealand and, and kind of like oh wow you know we can do it you know yeah the idea of a, a metal band from New Zealand wasn't so ridiculous you know yeah. yeah yeah talked to a lot of guys and bands younger guys that we've played with since that have sort of said you know I was in my bedroom and Ekatahuna or whatever, watching RTR Countdown on a Saturday morning, and the Subtract video came on, and, went, yeah. and they went, "Oh my God, this band's from New Zealand," you know. <laughs> and so, you know, th- at the time, it was uh, it, w- it was incredibly difficult to mm. get your stuff out there if you weren't just touring the whole time. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were kind of lucky in the sense that we got an album out, got it on into the record stores, got a video made. Yeah. did a tour all that kind of stuff it all kind of and we were also lucky in the sense that um, in the first year that Subtract existed we did about of the say 20 or 30 shows that we did half of them would have been international supports Jeez. just because there was no you know we were the go-to metal yeah. band you know this band's playing I'll get Subtract to support yeah. you know so we were kind of lucky it really elevated our exposure pretty quickly yeah. played with Slayer and Fear Factory and Helmet and um, Ozzy Osbourne in the first year of our existence, you know, in '98, '99. That'd be so, pretty insane. It was yeah. like a baptism <laughs> like of fire, right man. Into it, man. Totally. <laughs> and that was the other thing is, you know, people from those gigs were, you know, it helped our exposure in the early days 
because people were going to see big international bands and then yeah. you know see this local band they never heard of before and going oh my god you know they're, they're cool they're, they're cool, cool you know? well, yeah yeah no sick Far out. what are some of the sort of like milestones you'd say of subtract over those years like some of the things that you just think back and you're like whoa well definitely that first year yeah you know there's a couple of gigs in that slayer at the power station in auckland on the diabolus and musica tour that was definitely a highlight in the in the early stages yeah. um playing with helmet who at the time were you know pretty um important band for us um and ozzy osbourne at the at the logan campbell center playing was you know in front of three thousand people with, on, on your fourth gig or whatever <laughs> that was pretty insane and um at around the same time we did a big day out in uh, 99 i think it was and 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 did a national tour in 98 which off the first ep that we did which was um you know kind of one of those things you you dream about doing yeah it's kind of i mean for me that's why i got into a band because i wanted to just wanted to tour live in a bus around. and be on the road and play <laughs> in a different town every night and not that easy to do in new zealand because you yeah. run out of towns after a while but <laughs> yeah doesn't take too long but it was, it was, you know it, we did like 16 18 shows around new zealand and in, in, in a month and a half or something so that you know still got we still talk about you know memories from that time yeah. remember that time on tour when you did that thing you know and, you know like everyone's got road stories where the wheel flies off the trailer at 120k going down a highway somewhere and you know some shitty high trailer that you got yeah. but yeah that, i mean the, in the early days and then you know a couple of big day outs and we did a couple of australian tours um in sort of the mid to late 2000s like 2008 we went over there on our own did a, about four or five show about three or four shows and then about a year later went back with exodus when they mm. came down did the australasia thing with them so we did the auckland show and then we did um melbourne sydney brisbane with them as well so for like four shows in five days yeah. kind of thing and then did a couple of shows in brisbane after we'd finished with them so i think you know that that was if you ask any of the guys that was probably a highlight yeah if you look at the whole picture doing a doing a you know a bit of an australasian tour with exodus who for us were majorly influential because yeah. we're you know we're we're of the the first generation of thrash fans we were there in the 80s when yeah. you know when thrash kicked in i was like 14 13 14 when master puppets came out and yeah. fabulous disaster of exodus and you know <laughs> Ra uh, rain and blood and south of heaven and all those you know classic thrash albums came right out the beginning yeah that was kind of what we were influenced by so getting yeah. to tour with exodus and hang out with them and shoot the shit in yeah. the bar after the show and these people that you've been listening hang to out in the ages. hotel room getting wasted and stuff it was you know <laughs> oh my god that's you have to keep going yeah. that's gary holt man it's gary holt <laughs> is that sort of how it's like now like do you think that sort of lifestyle sort of how it's how it is currently like sort of the after after shows going out getting trashed or whatever yeah i guess i mean that's kind of the apart from the actual playing yeah that's kind of the the fun part you know yeah. we've been doing it for long enough now that um it's it's we don't get sort of stars in our eyes anymore it's not like we've got some grandiose idea we're going to play this gig and then we're getting this is it we're going to, this is the one we're going to crack it you know yeah it's just about enjoying it for yeah. what it is you know getting to play with some like-minded dudes from some other country perhaps a band that you might have been listening to for years yourself not always but you know you yeah. get to meet all these different guys from different cultures you know different mm -hmm. attitudes toward, towards music and stuff it's yeah. you know that's kind of just fun part to me different people I, mm. I the opportunity's there isn't it there's, there's a, a lot of bands that 
when they do actually come down here, you've got the you know there's a good opportunity to get in. Yeah. On those bigger gigs, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And there's more and more of these international bands coming down now. You know. It's, yeah, there seems to be like just tons. Like every month, there's a couple sort of. Thing. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it, 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 like the scene itself, it kind of goes in waves. You know, there'll be a wave of popularity, or, or, or you know, where promoters feel like it's a healthy environment to bring a band down. Yeah. It's, they're going to get the numbers turning up. Yeah. And there was, you know, a few years ago, we, we were in a fortunate position. Our, the guy that was sort of doing our management for us was also bringing bands over himself. So once again, we kind of got a bunch of good um, international supports with. Um, which kind of sort of helped us because touring in this country, it's after a while you kind of flogging a dead horse, you know, yeah. Play, playing in the same towns when you've, when you've been going for 15 plus years, when you've done a circuit of the country five or six times, you kind of feel like you're not achieving anything anymore, yeah. you know, so, and it's, like it's an expensive thing to do, you know, yeah. um, the undertaking of doing three weeks on the road when you, you know, you might break even if you're lucky on a, on a, financial yeah. front yeah so it's not always the most attractive option sinking all the all of your time and funds into three weeks touring yeah. playing with every small town you get to just play a couple of international shows and do a few gigs around the place gives you you know the same amount of exposure with a lot less hassle you know yeah. hassle yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so you guys are a heavy metal band Yes, indeed. Just through and through. Yeah, <laughs> we've been like I say, we've been through the waves of all of the, the different genres that have been through. Yeah, and really, when we try and explain what we are, we're just a metal band. Yeah, you know, we've been influenced by everything. Yeah, and we don't really, we certainly don't make an effort to try and fit into any one category. We just the music that comes out is what comes out, and it's yeah. you know, it's just a general kind of thrash metal you get all these kind of post this and black and death that and you know just just metal it's just the music we make you (laughs) know (laughs) because what is it about it that drew you to it like initially you take this one (laughs) what metal in general yeah just brutal music yeah i mean it's always been especially for me i don't know about you bryce but you know even when i was kind of six or seven getting into people like Maiden, you know, mm. at a very young age and then progressing through and finding new music. Yeah. But it's always had to be, it always had to be annoy people in some, <laughs> in mm. some respect, yeah. you know? And, you know, I think for most people that are into metal, it's a, it's a sort of an unspoken thing. You get a feeling, you know, I mean, the thing about metal yeah. is, you know, there's so many variants and there's good and bad and, mm. you know, there's nothing as, as good as a great metal band. There's nothing as bad as a shitty one. So it's not like you're going to like everything, but yeah. you know, it's the stuff that kind of raises the hair on the back of your neck and yeah. makes you go, fuck yeah, just you know. Just you want to like just being at a gig and being in favor of that. that sound, you know, yeah. and just go, ah, oh my God, it's so heavy. The onslaught just, of it. Yeah. Yes. And for every, every individual person, yeah. it's different. What You know, yeah. people get off on the, you know, the folky melodic metal stuff and that, that makes them get that feeling. Other people like the extremity, the, the dissonance, the, you know, the, the anger of it, you know, the, the heavier death and black metal stuff. I mean, it's so, it's a whole musical spectrum all of its own, you know. Oh, yeah. We're kind of preaching to the converted here, teaching, telling people that are into metal, but, you know, it's different things for different people and, you know, the kind of music we make is just what collectively 
makes us feel like that, you know? Yeah. It either works or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No one's got an ego about it when it comes to putting it on the table with new music. It's like, that kicks ass. That, maybe save that one for the solo album, you know? <laughs> you soon, yeah. <laughs> you soon know as soon as you start playing it anyway. Mm. You can it works or it doesn't. Feel, yeah. yeah. Get that feeling. Yeah. So, on there, what's the writing process like for Subtract? Well, it's, it's, it, it's kind of changed over as the years expect. as technology <laughs> changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the early days, it was four tracks in the band room. Um, jamming stuff out throwing together a few loose ideas and just playing them a bunch of different ways yeah um, since Martin's come on board um, it's changed slightly again in that um, he, he can do a lot of stuff at home and um, sort of pre-record everything with, with drums and bass and everything and just throw it on the table as a, as as a, a full song, idea yeah. and so we kind of take things rather than kind of just moulding them in the band room now like we used to it's kind of more of a. It's kind of broad. It's it's like, like broad brushstrokes, you know. It's like yeah, yeah. Throwing it down, getting an idea, just putting a rough arrangement, yeah. and then just with technology now, we can farm it out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have a listen in their own time, then work their through their ideas. Yeah. You know, especially with drums and everything else. Mark can take his electric kit at home, and he can thrash out any rhythms that he wants to come up with and yeah. try stuff and it's out. amazing how quickly that kind yeah. of stuff comes together too you know you start with a really loose idea with a real basic feel mm. on it, a drum yeah. feel on it and I've noticed this like with the stuff we're writing at the moment you know you get a it's a real sort of basic template mm. and then we'll give it to Mark and he'll throw his, his version of the drums on it and instantly it's taken a, a different a shape, new yeah. shape mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's been quite you surprising on a lot of the new it. stuff as well where it's just it's had one feel, kind of presented as one feel, and as soon as Mark's got his, hmm. got his hands on it, all of a sudden you're, he's heading in a different direction, yeah. but in a good way. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's, We're kind of lucky in that sense. We've got a drummer that's, that's quite unique. Yeah. He won't mind us, you know, talking him up here. But you talk, to a lot of, you talk to a lot of drummers, you know, that are into the, into the scene or into metal or whatever. They all think Mark's pretty much the man. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're pretty lucky in that sense that he's not your sort of stock traditional double kicks, thrash beat kind of drummer. He's, he's constantly trying to think of a different way to play it. Mm. If so anything, that, he veers away from... Yeah, mm. away what, what from you're that. not expecting to... Mm. Where you're not expecting to go next, that's kind of where he wants to take it. Yeah. Your stuff's got the real groove to it. Like, Well, yeah, I mean, he's such an old-school drummer influence-wise, you know. Yeah. If you were to ask him, the first name that comes out of his mouth is John Bonham. And, you, you know, Ian Pace from Deep Purple. And, you know, so guys that were all about feel and groove. Mm. And that's where he started when I first met him when we were 18. You know, he was listening to Slayer and Sepultura and Metallica. But when he got on his drums, he was channeling Bonham yeah. and Pace and, you know, yeah. Nico McBrain. And, you know, guys that just have swing and groove. And I think, you know, especially with more modern metal and the, the rise of technology and sample beats and, yeah. you know triggers and all that kind of stuff it, it, it tends to take a lot of soul out of it and that for me that's kind of one of the first things that I'll listen for is kind of real sounding drums you know yeah. a real feel like a real swing or groove or thrash or whatever yeah just something that doesn't sound like it's been cut, cut and paste, you know because yeah. it's so easy to do and at first it was kind of interesting and new but it got no, pretty yeah, tired pretty, pretty, pretty quickly quick, you know yeah. it's easy but is it, is it the right yeah. thing to do mm. at the end of the day because yeah. you know 
putting a drum kit in a room with a load of mics. You know, there's a thousand drummers that, that can, <laughs> they can double kick all day. Yeah. yeah. But where's your feel? Where's your personality? You know, yeah. what are you saying? Don't just repeat what yeah. other people have done. Mm. Uh, yeah. But Make again, still staying true to the kind of feel that Subtract have been yeah. kind of presenting for the last 15, 16 years. Mm. Yeah. Right? There's, there is a throughput when you listen to the, the whole, all yeah. of the albums. There is a consistency a certain yeah there's yeah. a certain feel that has been kind of generated the whole time it's yeah. good because we're, we're old fellas <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah we got a new baby in the band now yeah. <laughs> make us all feel just a little bit older yeah <laughs> uh, there's quite a bit of sort of lyrical message and theme behind sort of the songs how much sort of thought goes into that um even before the songs come out like is there other lyrics that are put down beforehand no nah, not really no nah. uh, lyrics are pretty much not exclusively but 99% Joel our vocalist's um, territory we throw ideas at him and uh, you know there's a few songs over the years that have been you know loosely penned by someone else that he's kind of adapted but on the whole it's his it's his vehicle it's his puppy yeah mm. um, it, the only input I would have on it or any of us individually would it was if it was you know touching on a subject that we thought was lame or whatever you know yeah. but that's never happened yeah that's you know he's uh, he's quite politically aware and he's he's into his sort of um you know new zealand history and war history and stuff like that so we've done stuff in the past where um you know a song about charlie upham the vc world war Two vc hero we wrote a song about him and a lot of political stuff a lot of you know social commentary yeah you know it's um without getting too kind of and shove it down your throat yeah. no you it's know. not you know it's not like it's there and the message is there yeah it's just you know it's yeah like, it's hard to get too kind of politically right on <laughs> being from little old new zealand and you know yeah we don't have a lot of oppression or you know shit to be angry about mm. on, on <laughs> any kind of major level it's more just commentary social commentary and yeah. you know statements you know statements about religion or politics or whatever you know that, that that's that's what I, that's the idea that i get from the talk minus action equals nothing mm-hmm. it comes to me as real political sort of kind of yeah. winds its way there was a, a rough sort of theme behind that whole album and every song on that album was all sort of around the you know violence violence versus violence kind of approach you know um a lot of people spouting political things yeah. about one thing or another but at the end of the day it's the person with the with the biggest gun or the yeah. you know the most wielding the most power that's going to have the say at the end of the day and yeah you know it was just a, a, a kind of a loose theme that's kind of where the title of the album came from that and the fact that it was a Paul Bailoff from Exodus quote oh, yeah. which the guys from Exodus quite enjoyed as well it's, yeah it was from an old live album or DVD or something from the mid 90s and it was just something he said randomly. Said, like, if you know Paul Bailoff, the original vocalist from Exodus, he was just the most crazy personality. He was like the he was, to most people in the early days, he was he was Mister Thrash Metal. He was okay, kind of the guy that was at the forefront of the whole thing, and he just used to spout random shit on stage, <laughs> and it was just one of these things that came out of his mouth between songs. Yeah, and Joel always had it in his head as quite a cool statement. Yeah talk minus action equals nothing it's a real kind of pull up or shut up kind of thing you know definitely 
which is ironic because it took us three hours, uh, three years to get that album. <laughs> <laughs> well, through no, through no real fault of our own. It was just one of those things that, you know, you record the drums and then you spend three months editing them and then, yeah. do, you know, do the bass tracks nine months later and before you know it, it's been two years. And I'm like, holy shit, we've got to get this album out, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're saying it took, what, how long did it take to actually, when you started writing the songs effectively to getting the album out? long time yeah yeah it was <clears throat> so it was at least three years yeah because it was a another transition period prior to that where um even short had come on board as a new guitar player just at the time was we were kind of touring recording and touring winning hearts and minds the album before talk minus action so he kind of he they were they were songs in place when he joined the band so we spent six months kind of gigging them and getting you know getting up to the recording stage yeah another year recording the stuff you know um we were at the had the advantage of having even in the band that he was a an engineer himself and had a whole bunch of gear and had a studio in his house and that kind of thing makes it so a bit easier aside from the drums we could do everything <laughs> yeah in house mm-hmm. and um so that was a, it was a transitional period then we recorded that album then we, <coughs> that that was kind of when we did the our sort of probably our busiest period of gigging 18 months to two years where we did big day outs and uh, two Australian tours and all on the back of that Winning Hearts Yeah, when did that album? Come out? That was 2009. Yeah. And uh, during that time, with even coming in after having not been in a band since day one, his old hardcore band, which was probably a good six or eight years previous, he'd been doing um, Concord Dawn in between, the drum and bass oh, yeah. thing. So yeah. he'd been completely devoid of metal in a playing sense. Yeah. You know, he was touring around the States doing Concord Dawn yeah, stuff and going back to his hotel room and sitting in his room jamming Dimebag riffs, <laughs> you know, when he was between drum and bass sets. So yeah. he had all these ideas that when he joined the band, it was like, right, I've got this three albums worth of songs here. Yeah. And so it was a whole process of, you know, working through those and creating things out of them and, you know, just putting them on the table and subtractifying them. <laughs> and, uh, so then, and then that became a set where we were weaving new songs in while playing stuff off winning hearts and minds and um it was kind of we got to the end of this touring process about 18 months or two years and then we went okay we'll start thinking about the next album and get these these new songs down yeah and it started off with a hiss and roar we got the drums done and at roundhead studios and hired the room out for three days and and got all that stuff done but then you know as as usually happens when it's not your career when it's something that you're doing for the love of it yeah kind of everyone's lives take over a little bit and takes a bit of a back takes a yeah. takes a little bit longer for all those things to happen but you know yeah ideally we would have it would have happened quicker but you know it is what it is yeah it got it, it came out it's, it's the album sounds great that's yeah. all that really matters to us you know yeah doesn't really matter how long it takes it's out there now nah we don't have kind of any kind of pr plan it's not like a whole you know yeah take over the world thing it's like that's it. three months later we'll release the second yeah it? yeah <laughs> It's, there is, we don't have any of that we don't have that approach it's not a commercial kind yeah. of entity in any sense it's just a we want people to hear this music so yeah. it has to be the best it can be before we put it out there and mm. it took us a little longer to do that than we thought <laughs> what was the response like when it did get out? it was really good initially yeah. um, it was kind of unfortunate in, in timing and that uh, Evan had, was always going to be leaving the band again it was mm. always a 
short term thing for it him. It wasn't a random sort of. I was well. It started out as a short term thing. Ended actually ended up being in the band for about seven years. <laughs> but um, some wouldn't call that short term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he, you know, he moved to Wellington, and all the stuff was happening with his in his personal life. He was getting married and having kids, and you know, new job and all this kind of stuff. So we quickly banged out about three gigs uh, when the album first came out at the end of 2013 and um and then that was him gone um, mm. after those first set of gigs and um so almost a, as soon as the album had come out we were we, we couldn't gig on it anymore so it was a lot of yeah. internet spamming and making videos and keeping the profile up as much as we could without actually being able to go out and play the stuff you know and then we spent the next year looking for a replacement guitar player. Yeah. And uh, we'd almost given up hope until Martin came on board. <laughs> and so then we, you Martin know... Shining Armour. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I mean, we were almost, in, almost at the point where we were like, okay, we're just going to write the next album with the three of us and just take it as it comes. We'll find yeah. someone when we find someone, you know. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a good nine months to a year before we really kind of went, okay, well, we're a band again now. And by Which that is stage, mad, isn't it? Because you've kind of built to a point and then gone, oh, yeah. oh shit. Because for us, you know, <laughs> Talk Minus Action is easily the best album we've ever done. It's the best, it's the proudest we've been of a of an album that we've put out. It's you know, yeah. If you if as a band, if you're aiming to constantly get better every time, then this is definitely how we felt about the last album, um, production wise, songwriting wise. Yeah. You know, we we sort of pushed a few more boundaries from the previous album if you look at a subtract sound or whatever yeah um so it was it was a little disappointing to not be able to really push it as hard as we wanted we wanted to get back to australia real quick and that couldn't happen because we spent most of the next year looking for a guitar player so Mm. by the time we actually got martin on board and up and running again it was almost you know an old album you know it was over a year old so we're still kind of playing those songs um we still feel like we're kind of pushing the album in, in a way, even though it's been out for yeah. you know nearly three, two and a half years now. Um, but we now are at the point where we've you know Martin's come on board. There's a whole bunch of new ideas coming in. Same same deal with Martin, where he's a guy that's been you know writing stuff in his bedroom without a band to unleash them with for so long that once yeah. he got on board, it was like okay, well there's this and there's that, and I've got this one and that one, and yeah. mm-hmm. so it's kind of a you know. It's First a kickstart to the process, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But then we kind of we kind of put ourselves in writing mode, and then another bunch of gigs will come up. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just go back to playing the set for a bit, you know, yeah. which is back to um, talk minus so action songs. Pause. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what it's been like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, but we're we're slowly but surely getting to that that stage. Um, we've got this bunch of gigs coming up with um, Heavy Metal Ninjas, which is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back to playing the set again for a little bit. Yeah. And then once these are out of the way, we're really gonna, you know, knuckle down, knuckle down, and and get this, get the template of the next album yeah. stuffed out, and hopefully re- start recording by the end of the year. It's a good lot of riffs to get through. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> How many songs are you sort of working on at the moment? I think the pile at the moment is about there's about fifteen in there in the mix. Oh yeah, but it's just in various forms. In various yeah. forms, yeah. Some are just literally just ideas. Some are you know almost fully fledged tracks without vocals you know yeah. but it's again it's that building it all up going back revisiting it farming it out to everybody everybody's yeah. trying to get their ideas into it and then getting it back in that practice room and yeah and smashing and it really out smashing you know it yeah. and if it's anything like previous you know batches of songs that we've worked on 
those 15 songs could easily become 20 songs because you you you'll play a song with you know three or four passages in it yeah and then take one and go, oh, and start that another passage song, is really yeah. strong on its own go yeah. out pull that out make another song out of it yeah and that's all the stuff that happens in the band room when you just throw it on the table and yeah. start beating it around the room you know yeah that's the fun part mm. you start you know you can kind of you play something through for you know a few days and then kind of go yeah that bit there's not not working and then another idea will come in and boom you know it just slots it in. works everyone goes yeah. you can see everyone everyone's eyes light up when it happens you know yeah sweet um can we are we going to hear any of the new stuff in these shows coming up not yet okay no Keep they're still very much works. works in progress yeah. All right. Just and in, in, in the ideal world that would have been the idea yeah but um get some sort of just, road testing on them but. yeah but timing being what it is it's they just haven't had the chance to, we haven't had the chance to really you know nut them out fully yeah. yet i think it's that kind of right get back into writing gigs oh get back into writing yeah. gigs and it's just trying to like okay let's free this month yeah four or five weeks of just let's smash all these yeah riffs out you know riffs really give it a definite focus yeah yeah, yeah yeah definitely so there's there's a lot of there's a lot that's actually you know coming into a nice form now you know there's some good arrangements going on I yeah mean, especially with again going back to mark there's a lot of there's a lot of good good stuff coming out you know and some heavy heavy riffs well, it's, all, it's yeah. kind of it's always constantly evolving you know and yeah. that's the that's been the most exciting thing for the the three of us the the old old members when martin came on board was it you know when these new ideas came to came to the fore really it really felt like that the subtract sound or you know the evolution of subtract as a band was definitely taking another step forward yeah, you know continue, yeah, yeah. as it's always going to when you get a you know, new songwriting influence coming in but um that's the thing i'm not good you know i'm not i'm not evan yeah and evan isn't somebody else mm. you know you, you you all bring your different styles and, and you know yeah. you know we're all evolving you know mark especially who kind of i would say is that like the signature of subtract sound is is the the kind of driving yeah drum rhythm and he's constantly evolving as a drummer you know like i said he's pretty well respected as far as amongst drummers and he'd be quite within his rights to be resting on his laurels and going yeah this is what i do and it's pretty good yeah but he's a, he's one of those guys that's a you know he's a constant student he's constantly being influenced and inspired by Everything. different guys young guys that are coming through and um, taking little bits from them and, and you know Adding it to his own incorporating them into his you know pre-existing style and yeah he's just you know I've known him for 25 years now and he's just he's just been constantly evolving as a, as a player you know mm. it's quite a, you know inspiring to to witness as it, a you know. musician yourself like seeing yeah. someone doing that it helps you to keep doing mm. that as well and I, I'm, I'm lucky I'm the bass player I just get to ride on his coattails you know yeah, <laughs> yeah he's awesome <laughs> yeah just check What's, him out he's awesome yeah. it's not starting yeah. the bass player jokes though. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do all the talking because I'm the bass player <laughs> uh, so you mentioned before that you're going on tour with Heavy Metal Ninjas uh, tell us about the tour like what's going on uh, it's their tour. They, yep. I think he's. Um, I say he, they, <laughs> Richie and his boys are. Yeah. Um, I think they might be. They might have a new album coming out. Amnesia. I think I read something about that a little while ago. Yeah, that's, that's the vibe I got from it as well. Yeah, it hasn't been announced, but yeah. it's sort of the feeling. Yeah, yeah. They've been. I mean, they've been kicking ass in the last couple of years. They've been doing um, a lot of uh, tech, like going overseas for tech fests, and and Richie's really hooked up on the whole 
you know gear um, endorsement side of things so he's doing showcases and seminars and stuff all the time and you know it's a it's a kind of a it's a style that that is kind of overlooked a lot of the time the, the, Mm. the kind of you know the the real players player kind of guitar playing um instrumental you know that's kind of a sub-genre that's really kind of become quite popular yeah in many different forms over the last few years and um yeah those guys have got the presentation nailed mm, as well it's you know? that's the thing they got they got that whole kind of image they got thing the show down they straight away it's such a show first time i saw them it was he busted out the the, the little laser lights yeah. off his fingers while he's playing. It's like, my mate man, saw that's that cool. the, the first time I heard of them was my mate saw them open for She Had. Yeah, that was when and I was he was like, I don't know, this guy, he just had these like lasers off his fingers and something. <laughs> it was just insane. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is we met uh, Richie and all the core boys yeah. back on the first tour, Subtract Tour in 98. We went to uh, one of the places we went was Fakatane, yeah. where they're all from. And they were that all the core boys and Richie, who was tied up with them as well mm. were just total metalheads you know yeah and uh, wicked players even back then but they were kind of 50-50 between the kind of reggae and jam styles you know sitting around on the porch yeah. and Fakatane and just blasting it out at the same time that's the feel you get from the music as well yeah yeah I mean you know they're well rounded players all yeah. of them but yeah we met them when they were I guess they would be they would have been like 16, 18 and it was our first tour yeah, and um, it's funny. All these years later, here we are. Yeah, but Richie was actually our sound man for a few gigs as well oh, um, nice. before he started. Before he started Ninjas, he's in a band called Mutangent, and um, mm. oh, yeah, I think that was basically the core of that became Ninjas in the first sort of incarnation. But yeah, yeah, he's a wicked sound man too. He makes us sound pretty heavy. You know, he knows how to get his bottom end out. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, that could be taken a couple yeah, of times, exactly. in a many different ways. Sorry, Rich. Um, but yeah we've, really, we've played a few gigs um, a couple of gigs with them just one-offs over the, the last couple of years and um, it was one last March was it? yeah it was at your at first King's gig? Arms my first gig yeah, yeah Martin's first night. show yeah, was um, funny. was with the Ninjas at King's Arms and that was a really good show yeah I think we kind of that was a hot night we complement each other <laughs> musically yeah um, although we're coming from completely different places I think we can kind of appeal to a lot of the same kind of you know music fans yeah, metal yeah. fans people that like you know real technical stuff real kind of um, you know real just slick playing and then the same people might be kind of old school as well and they might like it you know a bit of the sort of old school thrash approach that we yeah. have yeah but yeah I think and also, also both like you guys and Ninjas have got the groove to it as well like it's yeah. got a real mm-hmm. flow to the yeah. music yeah that's the that's the through point for both the bands, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, because as you know, as brutal as the track gets, there's always that groove there. You know, you yeah. can smash your head in on the stage, head banging away, but yeah, you can still groove to it as well, which is part of the attraction <laughs> for me initially. Yeah. It was just like that. It's heavy as fuck, you know? <laughs> and that's what I want. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. But there's still this through line groove, and that's. Coming, a lot of that's coming from Mark himself, just mm. from the way he's brought smashing. The and I think you know, uh, because we're a bit older, we have we maybe we have been influenced by many different things, not just a particular style of metal or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of you know younger guys I've met played 
with their bands and that you know the first metal band they ever heard was corn and i'm like dude that's, that's not the place to be starting you know there was 20 years of of yeah. just brutal music that came before that but you know ignore the hair ignore fault. the leather just go back and listen yeah. to the music don't yeah. look at the pictures yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know we come like I say Mark's heavily influenced by Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple as, as much as he is Slayer and Metallica and Sepultura and stuff like that but you know we all went through the whole you know alternative thing as well where you get bands like Helmet and yeah. Alice in Chains and Faith No More and you know all this kind of stuff that just led into our influences yeah. you know and just sort of formulated the music that ended up coming out because we were you know it wasn't just about going as hard and fast as you can because it's been done you know yeah you can only hear so many blast beats and so many double kick things yeah. before you're like well where else are you going to go from there you know yeah. give us something else it's a, it's fun you know i love <laughs> i love the real heavy bits and i love the fast bits but they need to, there needs to be dynamics you know so it's as much for us about too. what's Let not brutality being played. breathe a bit you know? yeah as much, we've always had a less is more approach yeah kind of, <coughs> that was kind of a, the, the mantra right from the start was you know let's let's play less but have more more impact you know let's have more dynamics let's yeah. how can get that same feel but pull it back yeah what's not being played at that point yeah. rather than what is being played you know yeah, yeah. suck the suck the air out of it just to just because there's a space again, there you know? doesn't mean you have to fill it with yeah. 32 notes you know mm-hmm. yes. you ever have songs and sort of like Sometimes just take them right back, deconstruct them completely, and then try and reform them. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's uh, quite often we don't get to we don't get to the reform part because you put them out there as an idea, that you put them on the table, you play them as a band, and then what we generally tend to do is 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 strip them back, and you know there's too much going on here or whatever, and then you find that that perfect balance of groove and heaviness and yeah. space and because you know when you're playing super fast for me it gets less heavy the faster you go it gets more extreme and more you know you can't let it ring energetic but it's not you know heaviness comes from a big (laughs) you know everyone hitting an open note and letting it you know and it rings for you know half a bar or whatever and just incorporating that and incorporating space into the sound to let the heaviness kind of come out get out there you know yeah I mean, I like fast stuff as much as the next metalhead, but um, I'm as much about dynamics and, and you know, mm. pushing and pulling the whole time. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. yeah. In a live sense as well, you've got to give moments for the crowd to really go for it mm-hmm. and moments for them to just to feel it as well. Yeah. Is it like a lot of the time, do you write songs with that live performance in mind sometimes? Like this would, like this part would go really well live or... I think that would be more when you're kind of you've got that in the in the room and people are playing it and then you think you start to get a feel for how that arrangement's going. Mm. Yeah, that's got to kick in there. That's got to drop off there because mm-hmm. we need to come back in and smash the spaces in. You yeah, know, and because that will sound because you know you're all you're doing is thinking as as a person who wants to listen to the music. Yeah, you want to be able to go back. You know, I want to be excited by that music as well as playing it. I want to know that I'm. You know, it's making me the hairs on my arms stand yeah. up or on the back of my neck. You know, um, so there's all there's there's that in mind, but it's not a it's not a priority on, at the writing stage. You know, because yeah. you, you you get the feel for it comes into it as, later. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, always ends up being like that. Mm. <laughs> and there are, you know, at that from that stage on, um, 
<laughs> they generally do, are, we do. We are sort of imagining them being played on stage once they're a, a thing. And, there are, and there's the odd song that we write that um, we know straight away is not necessarily going to be a, a, a live one. It's, it's a great song. It's, you know, you listen to it on the album, it, you know, takes you places or whatever. But not necessarily is going. To, is, is it going to work in a live environment? It might be yeah. a bit too kind of you know because quite tribal in places, and sometimes you know the weird timings and the tribal things can kind of lose momentum a bit. Yeah. And with a lot of you know, most of the time we're playing forty-five minutes, maybe an hour tops, and so you've really got to take it up and and keep the momentum going when you're playing yeah. live. So you're kind of picking your 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 best sort of 10 or 12 songs that are going to kick people's asses for an hour, you know? Yeah. There's a couple of songs that, while, while, you know, personally I really like them as songs and I listen to them, you know, on my stereo. Yeah. Um, not necessarily going to, the, the, the momentum of the show just might drop a little bit and, you know. Yeah. You kind of think about that kind of stuff when you're doing short sets, especially yeah. you've got this long to, to beat people's faces in with your music. So, Let's do it as, as effectively yeah. as we can, you know. <laughs> but again, not being tied down to parameters, setting yourself, oh, we've got to try and make this to to do have this effect, you know. Mm, Otherwise, yeah. you'll you'll be putting blinkers up, you know. Mm. And especially now, it's there's a there's a real free flowing kind of train of thought to the writing process at the moment. Yeah, just allowing stuff to go. You know, things get put out into the wild. You play it through. Does it work? Does it not work? Yeah. Is it subtract? Can it be subtract? You yeah. know. And um, I think that's it's it's nice at the moment because it's just, which it's like you say, it's like a free flowing thing. Organic. Not, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not kind of just oh, it's not doing that at that point in the song. Therefore, it's yeah, not, we don't we don't set working. ourselves too many boundaries as yeah. far as you know structure. Does it fit yeah. into the subtract thing? It doesn't. It, doesn't come it's into really it it's just yeah. what comes out and it, yeah. it's good or it's not so yeah. by the time it's been through the ringer it will sound like subtract mm. <laughs> whether you like it and or not and we've managed to incorporate <laughs> a lot of different things into that subtract sound over the years yeah. you know yeah. on the last album we had a couple of real kind of almost glam rock moments you know playing <laughs> in, in the key of A and kind of old school glam rock feel before slamming back into a yeah. fresh beat or whatever you know sweet how long are you guys playing for with the Amnesia tour like what's your set uh, I think it's a 45. Yeah, I think it's three quarters an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. so it'd be, you know, 10 or 12 songs. Wicked. Yeah. If we can create, we have to be pretty efficient. There's not a lot of talking goes on. Yeah. Just cram 12 songs into the set. It's just just double know. speed. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be mental. But none of us. Yeah. <laughs> Joel's not much of a talker anyway at the best of yeah. times on stage. So <laughs> there's not a lot of talking. It's mostly music when yeah. you come to see some track, you know. Maybe a little bit when you have to tune a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Somebody talked some shit for a while. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> just you. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, Joel's, just, Joel's not going to say anything. Yeah. He did, you know, it's not, his, not his style. Yeah. You don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are you all doing then? All right. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you guys have been going for so long, and you, like you said, you came in and metal was kind of the underground. I mean, it's always been kind of underground. Mm. It was but particularly underground yeah. in the late 90s, yeah. like almost dead. Yeah. Are there any sort of times that you, where where do you think was the sort of um, I guess like golden era or peak time that you've seen as far as metal's concerned? 
I don't think there's don't think there's been don't one. think there's been one not yeah. in this country anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always been to some extent or another a some some semblance of a scene. You know, yeah. some you know there's there's some people out there, but there's been some times when it's you know almost non-existent. Um, I mean, it's a golden era, maybe. I mean, like I said, there was a, a, a period of time a few years ago where. Gareth, the guy that was managing us and a few other bands as well, and also bringing bands over on a pretty regular basis. A lot of bands that that previously had promoters hadn't been too keen to bring over, hadn't been you know gutsy enough or had enough knowledge of the scene to know that there was going to be a crowd to bring yeah. them over for. He was kind of like, well, you know, putting them on at a reasonable size venue, not not overstretching himself and and you know there was a constant flow of of international bands coming over playing those kind of medium sized sets not not quite big enough to play a power station where you you need a thousand people yeah but playing king's arms and the, he had a um, venue called the um, transmission room in town yeah. which was like maybe 400 where you can realistically put on a decent touring band get enough people through the door to make it worthwhile yeah and so there was a good sort of 18 months, two years where there was a constant flow of, you know, Meshuggah came a couple of times and yeah. Arch Enemy came and, you know, it's just band after band after band for quite a while. High on Fire and, you know, all these different kinds of metal bands from all sorts of different scenes yeah. that were all, you know, starting to entertain the idea of coming to somewhere like New Zealand. Really it's easy to tack it on to the end of an Australian tour yeah. and it not be too expensive. As yeah, long yeah. as there's someone in the country who's prepared Definitely. to take it on from a promotion sense, yeah. You know? So I guess you know if you were to say that a golden era, yeah. that that was probably you know as as from for me for us you know it was the most active time. There was the most gigs to go to as a fan. Yeah. You know if you weren't playing at them, you would get you were going to a gig or two every month. You know, and I you know there was times when we would go a year without seeing a decent touring band you know a decent yeah. international band got to, got into the habit of going to Australia to see bands if you wanted to really see them because mm-hmm. they weren't it was highly unlikely they were ever going to come here you know yeah still do now to with, with a lot of bands because you know it's it comes and it goes and again it's it, there's not promoters bringing as many bands down now that you know Gareth stepped out of it and other people are doing some but um, it's not as sort of prevalent as it was I mean, even with the whole travel thing last year, you've not seen a lot of big, like even the, the Americans kind of coming down in a, in the winter, their winter. Yeah. In, with all the travel, they're kind of restricting their own travel and they're doing yeah. American tours instead of doing the winter right. thing yeah. and coming down under, you know. They've, they've, they have, they've been staying away from that um, for various, mm. various I mean, you, you re- obvious reasons, you know, mm. and... Um, even in the last year it's been really quiet yeah so you do get bands like um, that, that that come to New Zealand because they they came here once and loved it and mm. they've you know developed a little thing of their yeah. own yeah, yeah. Lamb of God's a classic example we've played with them three times they've been here yeah and um, not necessarily um, a financial decision to come to New Zealand for them they've probably lost money or certainly wouldn't have wouldn't have been you know, their financial manager would have been going sure you want to go to New Zealand again you know but they do because they love it and they know they've got fans here and you know there's a lot of bands or there's a few bands that that come back for, for that reason for that reason yeah but if it's a, if it's purely a financial decision that's kind of what stops a lot of bands coming down because 
it's just a little bit too expensive to take that jump over the ditch yeah. from Australia if they're doing an Australian tour. Even to get to Australia for a lot of bands yeah. from Europe and the States is massive, massive undertaking, yeah. you know? So they want to minimise the expense as much as they can. Yeah. You have to make it worth their while to come down here, yeah, little definitely. old New Zealand, yeah. you know? You need like a channel tunnel or something, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> East Coast, <laughs> just, just, just yeah. under, yeah. Just like from France to England, you need one of those from, <laughs> from up north. Because <laughs> you would have seen like sort of the digital digital music sort of thing come in where sort of buying CDs started to drop off and then just going off iTunes and stuff mm-hmm. came in. What sort of impact do you see did you see with the that Oh it's huge. You know, from where we started in the late nineties when we were hooked up with a label that was um putting our albums in store and promoting us overseas with chain music and our uh, chain stores and stuff like that. Um, it was very much the old school kind of template yeah. of the music industry. It was, you know, reps and and promotion and, you know, all this kind of stuff, which just stopped yeah. one day, you know, technology took over and generate the generations sort of, you know, switched, switched as well. It wasn't a gradual thing, was it? it was all, just the old, all the old stodgy yeah. label people were going, what the fuck's going on? What are yeah. we going to do? And yeah. all the, you know, the younger generation, the the new wave of you know technology just took over you know mm. and it's entirely changed the landscape yeah but it's actually just an inspiration to, to younger kids as yeah. well because they're just going well fuck it I, I don't have to I don't have to aspire to be signed to a record label mm. yeah I can write it record it I can do the videos and I and can it means you can do everything myself exist yeah. as a band at whatever level you choose yeah, to you know if you want to shoot for the moon and and conquer the world mm. you know you can take that path you have to go a particular way about it but um if you're if you're just someone who loves playing music and wants to put it out there and mm. happen to have a fan base that wants to hear it then yeah. you can do it pretty effectively and cheaply these days you know mm. and it's um you don't have to have an end you don't, game. You you don't just want to be able to if you just want to be able to write and and you don't have to rely on a third party to, to have yeah. the inside knowledge anymore yeah it's not a it's not necessary it's not there's required. no dark art to it yeah no. <laughs> it's not that elite group or anything no, no. Yeah. and true. so it's you know cause, because we started in the late 90s and, and sort of that was our first exposure to it and, and previously with other bands as, as well you know for that old school music industry thing we've really seen it go from one from one to the other you know in its entirety and it's mm. you know it's completely changed the, the entire landscape for for musicians because they are able to take control of it a lot more. Um, the the overnight millions thing doesn't really happen anymore unless you really get lucky. But yeah. um, I say it's just luck, isn't it? It's just about put. You know, for most people, it's just about putting it out there, being able to create it, and being able to release, get it, it heard. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've never really been too worried about how much people are paying for the album or whether they, you know downloaded it off a friend or a streaming yeah. site they're, they're listening to the music yeah, you know what you, it's kind of, that's what you gain goal it's kind of the yeah. main thing yeah yeah because you would have seen the sort of I guess the same rise and fall of the like music television like with music videos getting like prime time mm-hmm. sort of slots on television yep. to now there being basically no TV stations mm-hmm. that yeah. actually play the music there was a time when we were doing interviews like this on Max TV and yeah. uh and uh, C4 yeah uh, all the time that yeah. was, was our only you know avenue for sort of nationwide promotion yeah and so the the 
you know the the bait was there to make videos because you had a somewhere to get to them out and they would yeah. get on high rotate if they were popular yeah. in that now I mean people still make videos but it's really people you have to rely on people finding it themselves now yeah or make it you know so put it out there enough for people for people yeah. to see it there's less like I was saying before less sort of um, I guess opportunity for just to be on somewhere and people see it and then can as, a, as a mass hit you know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah definitely yeah. people well, we who wouldn't have... normally seek you out or hear you yeah it's there you know and all of a sudden you and you know how many times in your life have you stumbled across a band and just gone oh, yeah who's that mm. you know and you would never unless you met somebody who was into it as well yeah. and handed you a tape <laughs> or a record a what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tape oh that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no I mean we, we in the early days we played live on, on national TV with yeah. space that music show space yeah you play in, in the TVNZ studios and that kind of thing doesn't happen anymore no. there's no vehicle for that anymore no you know um, Max TV was great when it was going um and C4 was kind of had a, had a, definitely had a thing for a while. We Juice just, did its thing as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's just one of those things that you know, it's a dinosaur now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of which is sad. I loved it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, music TV. I remember the day back in the day when you would, you know, just whack on music TV in the background and sit around drinking with your mates and yeah. there was a complete this band. Yeah. Holy shit, this is good. You complete know? Yeah, yeah. gamma of metal pop rock old school kind of stuff you yeah. know uh, but now even even now you, it's even when with YouTube and everything else it, te- it still tends to be more specialised yeah so you, and I think the you want to listen more, to metal you go to a metal yeah. channel yeah the onus is more metal, on the listener so you know, you're, you're, it's like a feedback loop yeah. as opposed to trying to people, new people discovering new types yeah, of yeah, music yeah. you're getting very again it gets that very blinkered view again you know because with the scope of it it is in nature like really broad people can access whatever they want but they still only get exposed. but they're looking for stuff they want yeah. or want stuff they like as yeah. opposed to that other stuff they don't discovering. know about. Yeah. 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 but yeah in that process that's how I discover a lot of new music myself yeah it's just you know I'll be listening to a band or checking out a band on YouTube or whatever click link and then yeah. there's you know a whole bunch link. of suggestions on the side and you're like oh, yeah, you know who's that band holy shit that band's good or, yeah. oh my god I won't be clicking on that link again. you know whatever <laughs> back yeah. But the, the onus is very much on the listener yeah. to make their own decisions. It's not force fed anymore. Yeah, they're not. They're not only expo- You know, they're not having music exposed to them. You know, this is this is what it is. You know, you have to go find it. You know, yeah. and that's that. That opens up the avenues for, like you're saying, all of the, you know, the 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 bedroom players and the and the the people that are doing it on a small budget and making their own videos and recording yeah. their own albums and don't have any kind of major kind of backing or PR plan yeah. or anything. They just happen to get found by some dude on YouTube and yeah. they've got a new fan, you know? Yeah. And that just opens it up to, and again, it makes it harder for people to find certain things because there's such a flood of music in there as well. Mm. Yeah. That's easy enough if you know what you're looking for and you yeah. know the avenues to find it. And most people do now, you know, the, the way to find new music is is different yeah. now than it was five even five years ago. Mm. Yeah, I just think every man and his dog putting his putting his creative juices out there for everybody to see. I think you know, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Day, but 
Yeah. Yeah. It's um, more creativity in the, the world. The, the breakdown of other ways of consuming has, you know, has, it's just completely changed everything. Mm. You know? and, and I'm sure in 10 years' time, something It'll else will. Again. You know, some piece of technology that we haven't seen yet will then change the direction again, you know. Yeah. It was such a big change from the kind of old school way of working to YouTubes and iPods and Mm, MP3, just as as an example. It was such a, it's almost like the gate came down and bang, this is how we do things now, you know. Yeah, the the, the, the old dinosaur industry tried to hang on for a bit. They tried to clutch at some straws as it was was sinking below them, you know. But it was it was never gonna work. It's a buzz about sink or swim in that situation. Yeah, they, they, for for a while there, they were inventing new and interesting ways to make money out of bands, um, yeah. three sixty deals and stuff. You know, where it wasn't so much about they were trying to own the merchandise and the touring yeah. and everything because it's like we're losing everything here. But it, you know that was that was never going to work. It was mm-hmm. always a, a hiding to nothing really. Yeah. So along with the music TV and sort of digital music and stuff like that, um, you've seen the rise of social media. Like what sort of... Because Facebook at the moment is like... It's really good, but it's also a joke at the same time with how many people actually see the posts you put out and sort of them asking for money and things like that. What of the social medias have you sort of sort of seen the best growth with or had the most sort of, I guess, fun with? Well, I, I mean, SoundCloud was how we found Marty in the, in the first instance. Yeah. Um, he had a bunch of his ideas up on a SoundCloud page. I think he'd just come to New Zealand and... Yeah, it was literally six months after getting... Settled in and, yeah. and, and recorded some stuff and, and put it up there and just kind of put it out into the universe. Say, hey, I've just landed and uh, I'm looking for someone to play with. And we're at that stage where we tried four or five guys and it hadn't found the right fit yet. They were yeah. desperate. That's, that's what you're yeah. trying to say. <laughs> Last resort. It's all good. I'm well, good with that. We'll this guy. <laughs> no, but it, like, it was one of those things that, you know, the, the, the SoundCloud thing or the um, Bandcamp thing is a, is a new way for people to discover new bands yeah. and, or hear something interesting. And it's just weird. It's almost, got, it's almost like back to the trade, tape trading days where, you know, someone will hear cotton onto someone's SoundCloud page and, and post it and go, hey, has anyone heard this? Man, this is wicked. And, mm. and then 40 people have heard it and then five of those 40 people go, yeah, that's wicked and post it to yeah. the you know, still page. still the element and, of kind of serendipity to yeah. finding new stuff. Yeah. Or again, you know. And it kind of it means if it's good, it's going to get out there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If, it's, um, if it's doing something interesting, going somewhere new or whatever, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get out there because people are going to talk about it because mm. the, the avenues are so... Just really varied and vast, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, Facebook was another one of those things that we sort of got in on the ground level as far as using it for a promotional tool. And I think they, and Facebook, pretty figured pretty pretty early on that um, they could have a lot more control over it. So then you, know, you have to pay for. Yeah. Although you've got two and a half thousand likes on your page, you post something on your page and only 500 people of those two and a half thousand are seeing it because of the algorithms that are yeah. in place or whatever and you have to pay a little bit extra to get it out. That's kind of retarded if you ask me. Mm. Yeah. You've got, to, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt to, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Some people, some people know how to use it in a, in a positive way for themselves. Um, other people don't really need it but it's a good platform for um, 
keeping information flowing you know, yeah. to people who want to listen to your music. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it works so differently for so many different people. Yeah. And it's how you use it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a strange old beast, Facebook, isn't it? Mm. What about that transition from like MySpace through to Facebook? Because that was a bit of a, that was the sort of switch mm. which happened there. Because mm. you guys were on MySpace as well. Yeah. Yeah. In a very, uh, that was a very specific thing, though. Wasn't yeah. it? it was always very music-focused, whereas yeah. then everybody oh, kind of that, yeah. leaked, to, leaked to kind of Facebook, where it was just an omnipresent, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it's dictated by, you know, the, the waves of, of social movement. You know, what, what if, as soon as everyone starts going that way, you know, this way with MySpace, yeah. it, was, it was the thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just got a bit tired or a bit same same but stagnant and Facebook came along and a few other things came along and literally the, the crowd just moved and yeah. there was nothing they could do about it at, at, from that yeah. point there was nothing they could do to save you know Facebook had already taken mm. any avenues that they wanted if they wanted to change anything yeah. but yeah MySpace was a weird one it was kind of it didn't feel like it was as, as effective a promotional tool as it yeah. could have been it was kind of a novelty more yeah. than anything, you know. This is my little web page. Mm. Yeah, here's my music. Here's yeah. my pictures. You know, but it, it was not like really progressed anything past mm. that. You know. Yeah. Um, whereas with Facebook, it was more a constant flow of information. Yeah, and more of a conversation mm-hmm. with yeah. like the people that follow you. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to just something that people could go to and yeah. look at. You know, there's an interaction there. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy. It's you know, it's it, it's it's kind of a lazy approach. A lot of people take to just whack it on Facebook and think that their promotion is done. You know, yeah. You have to you have to think a bit bigger than that. I still I still like a few of the more old school approaches when it comes to grass the grassroots stuff of, you know, Slapping you go into a town, put some posters up in town, and go onto a radio show and yeah. do stuff like this. And you know, don't just go. We're playing a gig at this date on the you know on Facebook and hope that a thousand people are going to show up you know <laughs> yeah it's a, 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 a lot of smaller promoters are you know it's barely getting by doing nothing but that and it's you know it's a bit lazy yeah it's a bit too easy yeah just sitting at a computer just doing, mm. not actually doing the, the hard you still have to you still have to do a bit of legwork you yeah. know to be really effective mm. so what's uh 2016 looking like for you guys pretty exciting yeah a lot of new stuff <laughs> There Probably is a lot of new, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to get through. Yeah, but we're going to be smashing out hopefully next couple of months. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's you know, it's it's again. There's there's different directions to be taken. Yeah. Um, could be taken, but it's still going to be very subtract. Yeah. But it may not be that last album or the album before. Again, it's like Bryce was saying. There, there's definitely a progression there. Yeah. Um, and, and not to, you know, it's not about putting down the the last album that you're yeah. on, and this one is the bigger and better one. But you can see, you can see it, in, it's just the and you can hear yeah. it in the way it's in the way it's working. You know? Yeah. Um, because, like we were saying earlier, you know, I'm not the last guitarist. Yeah. The last guitarist wasn't the guitarist before that. You know, we're completely different people, different feels. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's it's just. Just looking forward to having some new stuff to play. Then, you know? yeah. <laughs> We've been playing stuff off um, yeah. uh, Talk Minus Action for 
four or five years now. Yeah. You know, because when even first joined the band, we wrote a lot of the new stuff and, and incorporated it into the set. So we were playing those songs two or three years before we put the album yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Or two years, anyway. And it's been now three years since the album's come out. Yeah. It's like just a whole bunch of new songs Need to play. New songs a novel idea. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, like I say, we had that whole interim period where we didn't get a chance to play as often as we yeah. wanted to. So we still kind of feel like we're in a, a bit of a... Here's our latest album. We can't yeah. say new album anymore, but hey, mm-hmm. check out the latest album. Yeah. But the whole idea of the next 12 months having, you know, we want it to happen a bit quicker as well. We always say that, but, you know, oh, actually it, try and make it happen this time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It certainly won't be three years. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I mean, the thing is, again, like we were saying earlier, there's, with the technology now and the way we're working, it, it's easier to allow people to come up with ideas comfortably in yeah. their own time without pressure of you know say oh, me and Bryce working through a riff mm. for two hours while two other people stand around and go okay well I'll wait for them to, yeah. to yeah. do that or the other way around you know everything can be kind of hashed out you can get through a lot things. of the tedious yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and then as soon as you, you come to the to room the yeah, yeah, yeah. it's already you, you know your parts so you're in and then there's that the tweaking and the moulding yeah. that comes in yeah. so but, it's just going to be lots of writing yep any more and tours after or yeah shows I mean we never did get back to Australia on um, on Talk Minus Action as we wanted to because yeah. we've been twice in quick succession mm-hmm. so we kind of felt like um, when the album came out that we, the first priority was to be get, getting back to Australia and maximising that you know yeah because really that's kind of it's where it's where the the more the, I guess the bulk of our fan our potential fan base is we've got a lot of fans in New Zealand and touring around New Zealand is like I say it, it becomes not counterproductive but flogging a dead horse a bit, yeah, um, a bit after a while yeah. I mean it's still we still love playing around New yeah. Zealand but you just have to be a bit more selective about where you put your energies you know yeah. and for us Australia was a a new territory a bigger territory you know we'd established ourselves there having been twice in two years so that's got to be a priority for us, get the new stuff Sweet. recorded, get back to Australia, perhaps further afield if we can, yeah. um, get a, get around New Zealand again and play some new stuff, but get this album out as quick as we can. You yeah. Know? yeah, it's just about it's refining pretty at exciting. this stage, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, but it does it's, it does sound, uh, to my ears anyway, it does sound nice and heavy. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, certainly, it's certainly a good reflection of... Uh, where where tracks heading in the Working. next year? Yeah, yeah. So. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, am. I just want to play it out now. <laughs> yeah, because it's, uh, you know, there's, there's like these are your songs. Like. There's, a, there's, <laughs> a, there's lots of stuff. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm a new guy. I'm I'm in playing. I'm playing somebody else's riffs at the end of the day, and some of them I'm butchering. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Sorry, Evan. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Reimagining. Yeah. There we go. There's a there's a nice there's a nice spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it is good. It's exciting. Mm. The potential for yeah. for this year, anyway. Sweet. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Wicked. Thanks for having us. Good to meet you, buddy. Nice to meet you. And uh, thanks for watching. See you later. Awesome. Nice one. Thank you, guys. I didn't think we'd have that much to talk about because it's been. <laughs> I don't think you don't. Know.